Hello and welcome to West Underground. Today we have a very exciting interview for you guys and um, I'm going to start this one off a little bit differently and say please subscribe. I think I'm doing this right if I point on this side, it, you know, hopefully it works. If it doesn't work, then just subscribe anyway. Um, but today we're here with none other than uh, 51st Avenue and I just want to, you know, give you guys the mic and uh you know through the question to you how did you guys start your band and um you know what's the backstory yeah well it's a pretty long backstory but happy to take you down our little journey um so it started with a three piece so ali myself and our old guitarist corey um so we had drums vocals and uh guitar and then we released our first EP and we started to look for a bassist. So, you know, as most people do, we put up on uh, Facebook and we had a whole bunch of auditions lined up. Um, and in fact, on that day, all of our bass players started to uh, drop out. So one by one, they, there was just some, you know, oh, sorry, I can't make it. Oh, this, that, this, that. So we're like, damn, we're not going to get anyone. Um, and then we had Josh, who is our bassist now, message being like, oh, you know, my girlfriend has the car. And we're like, oh, this is it. We're, we're not going to find anyone. Yeah. Um, and then he sent back a message a little bit later being like, I'm just getting an Uber there. I'll be there, but I'm just going to be a little bit later. And I, I remember yeah. saying to him, I was like, you know what? This, this is the guy. Like, this is it. Because he, he's made the effort, even though everyone else, like someone said they didn't have fuel. Someone else said they didn't have a car. Um, and we're like, you know what? This, this guy's putting in the effort. Let, let's let's just keep him. And honestly, yeah, being such a great addition. And then we had Josh. And then you know, last COVID, um, uh, Corey, our old guitarist, decided you know he wanted to part ways and just focus on some other things. And then we went through the same process. And happy to find Ash. And here we are now, our little four piece doing what we do. Yay! Nice. But how did you, how did um, you guys originally find each other? You know, like, yes. um, <laughs> yep. we're, we're all the way been. back to high school. High yes. school? Yeah. Oh, so wow. This is like Scott and our 10 year friendship anniversary, I think. Like 2011, we met um, at our high school and we've been besties ever since. So, yeah. Oh, wow. How, how old is everybody here? <laughs> yeah, I thought everybody was... You know, oh. when you said 10 years, I thought you guys were like, oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> ah, well, you know, well, you yeah. got, we, we, well, we try to live young. Well, you're all aging. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> so that, that's, a, that's a huge thing. So, should we go like oldest to youngest then? And then we'll go. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, I'm, 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 I'm 22. And uh, how old's everybody oh. else? Oh, we'll go the uh, other way then. All right. Uh, Who's the oldest? So I think it's I'm 26. Yeah. I'm also 26. I'm a few months older than Scott. Yeah. I'm 26 as well. Ah, oh, cool. In August. Oh, perfect. Uh, and I'm actually 32. No, you're not. No, you're not. No? No, you're 33. 33. <laughs> Sorry. 33. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. He's living in the glory days. But yeah, that's it. But I feel 26 if it, if it means yes. anything. Yes. It yeah. means a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Josh, our bassist, is also 26. I think, oh no, he's 27 now. Yeah. Is he? Yes. Yeah. He's older than me. So yeah. 
Wow, this happened with Start Your Own Cult as well. Like we were speaking about them off air, like, you know, halfway through that interview, I realized that how old that they were older than they appear. And you guys have yes. that same um, characteristic, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, we hope. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and for like, I thought the beards might have just been throwing you off a little bit, but like, I still thought you were relatively, you know, early 20. So you know, take it as a, you know, a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> and um, what's been like the, the the process of you guys writing music together? Has it been a difficult one? Has it been like, does it come easy for you? Um, <laughs> it's, um, it, it's very much a, a collaborative effort. Um, so through lockdown, um we've been sort of meeting up over uh discord chat and then using um a plugin called audio movers to kind of collaborate and, and write music together we we take a very programmatic programmatic um way of, of actually writing music so we come up with a whole bunch of reference tracks first um and then we sort of figure out what is the actual song that we're trying to write and then we just assemble all the elements together um, and then out the other side pops some sort of a song um, that we then sort of continue building on. So, yeah. Wow. I feel like that's a, that's a very, very, very smart way of doing it. And uh, for everybody that we've interviewed, nobody else has had this process. So it's quite unique, but you guys are like, you seem like you're like the, the Tony Stark kind of character behind the, the engineering of this. <laughs> uh a little bit uh that probably comes from my um it background um but yeah tony stark that that's cool i've never actually thought of it that way i dig it yeah new reference and i think everyone is like kind of shocked when we tell them our process because it's not really a usual way of, of doing it um because we yeah like as i said we get the reference tracks and we all sit in a room together um like someone might come with an idea yeah but we essentially, there's always all of us in the room working on the song. Um, and it's usually in front of a computer. We don't tend to play it like most bands do. We don't go to a rehearsal studio and practice the song. We actually never do that because a lot of our songs and ideas rely on our like electronics. So most of it for us is we'll come with like a guitar riff or something, and then we'll sit there on the computer and just smash through all, all of the layers and atmosphere that we can add to the song until, you know, we're essentially finished with it so you guys aren't working with any sort of producer or anything yes yep. uh we work with a very good friend uh kaz benson um he's so we we always go to him and yeah. we just smash it out over you know could be two hours could be you know 12 hours just whatever whatever we're feeling yeah wow that you know i think your process is quite unique but for a second there i thought you know um you guys would because i you know when i sit and have a listen to you know your music you there's so much you know kind of production elements and my mind was going to be blown if you it was just all you guys you know and there wasn't you know a, you know almost a, you know another another guy kind of adding the um you know the elements in but do you find like like what are you guys listening to to become influenced and kind of you know go down that road of you know high production on your tracks um i 
personally have listened, I, I personally listened to so many different genres uh, in any given week that I couldn't pinpoint it. Um, you know, like going back to when I really first started getting super interested in music, there was, I was listening to quite a lot of rap, R&B, but then also quite a lot of metal. Um, and I really loved the fusion of the two elements together. So bands like Linkin Park and to a lesser extent, Limp Biscuit was super interesting to me. Um, and then, you know, bring that forward into the current day and age where you've got bands like um, Bring Me the Horizon, which are very, very similar to old school Linkin Park. You know, they're pushing the boundaries of how to fuse different uh, elements together. Um, and, you know, other sort of softer bands in that similar kind of realm, um, such as Paris. And we take uh, influence from both of those bands, plus, you know, a whole sleuth of others that it's just, yeah, like a giant, um, kind of like a witch in the, in the, in a forest, like, you know, mixing up a massive pot of some sort of musical, uh, concoction. Nice. And, um, yeah. And then, and then for the, for like melody and lyrics, um, what's that kind of process, you know, of, of songwriting like for you guys? It's a lot, like uh, Scott said, when we're working with our producer, especially Kaz is very uh, pop yeah. influenced. So melodically, he's pretty much a genius. So he, Scott and I will sit there and just bounce melodies off of each other and whatever sounds the catchiest like we'll pitch it to ash and josh we'll pitch it to everyone and think which one sticks in your head which one can you get you know stuck in your head or easier to remember or easier to flow with the music that we've already created it always seems to be last so melodically yeah. we can put a like a melody there but then lyrics always end up being very last lyrics are mostly scott and i um yeah from influenced from other members of the band but if we have a theme or idea I guess because Scott and I have also known each other for a lot longer, experiences are like, they're always there as well. So yeah. they're easy to come off of. The, um, and that process is a lot of fun for us. So, yeah. And are you guys banking ideas as well? Like, do you do you write in your phone constantly or write in a book? Like, do you, are you, when you get together, are you comparing ideas or is it just kind of off the cuff? All right, now we need to write and you're doing it kind of spontaneously. Uh, I would say that it's definitely like, it's we don't tend to write things down we yeah. we tend to really get as much information as we want from a song um and we'll have a playlist and reference tracks and say all right well we want a verse that sounds exactly like this has this this and this and then from this song we want the chorus and this this and this in the chorus and then we're kind of mixed and match as we go through that way but you know every now and again someone might write something down but it's mostly through just you know analyzing everything else and think about what we want to create from a fusion of things. Yep. Wow. I think that's, that's a, that's a really cool process. If you'd like, I, I'm the more I'm finding out about you guys, it's kind of unique. I think you're the first band to really, you know, do it in this, in this process that we've interviewed so far. So I think that's really cool. Mm -hmm. But um, like, how do you guys then go and play live? Cause I, I haven't personally seen you guys live, but now I'm very interested. Like, how does it all work? <laughs> Um, so we actually have a, a fifth member of the band, um, mm -hmm. and that is our SPD, which is yeah. our, you know, holy member who, you know, takes care of all of our backing tracks and samples, um, click track and everything like that. Um, so yeah, we tend to put everything that's not us. And so that's all the layers and atmosphere into the, the pad. 
and then I play the electronic drum sounds. So I'm playing drum kit and the electronic drum sounds, sometimes a combination of the two. Yeah. And that's kind of how we've used that to make it work. And is that hard to then take it to venues? So like, uh, are there venues that aren't set up well for your, your sound, obviously? And um, are there more, other venues that, you know, are more catered towards your sound? Does that make sense? Yeah, that, that's, and that was like a big thing for us when we started because we knew that we could make it work, but we, you know, each venue has to have the capabilities. Yeah. Um, and for the most part, every gig we've played, they have. It's yeah. just for us, the sound matters a lot. Um, so, you know, if venues, if the sound is not great, then our backing tracks aren't, you know, at the right level. So it just sounds like us playing where, you know, we, we really do care um, about all of those little subtle layers that add up to the whole song. Um, so, you know, we're finding that venues that we love are ones that really can have a nice clear sound where it's like a nice balance um, because our main issue is that our backing track just gets drowned. Yeah. Um, so we really try and work at every gig to sound check and make sure, you know, and it's hard being like, you know, a small band, you know, they don't give you a lot of time to sound check. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we, we, we do have quite a lot of things that we need to get right, but we have such a small amount of time. Um, so, you know, we, we just try our best and for the most part, it's been, it's been quite good, but you know, there have been a couple of times where, you know, our producer will be there and he's like, oh, you know, just the, the backing track just wasn't there. Yeah. Um, and you know, we, we, we want everyone to hear the songs, how we created them. Um, and that, that's kind of what we would like everyone to hear. Wow. And like. And when you're when you're kind of looking at like playing venues, is there's a is it the room size that matters as well for you guys, or is it just to have like technical components to be able to facilitate your music? What is is it both, or you know, because I remember when we interviewed Start Your Own Cult, that was the one thing I took away from their their interview is when they were talking about room sizes, and it particularly being important for the for you know you know for you know their kind of music and i think you guys have a you know a similar sound with you know really high production and i'm just wondering have you guys noticed that as well or is it different for you guys um you know what what what's more important the the size of the room or just the you know the um the the technical um uh, abilities of the venue i think for us it really is maybe I think because the, the, the two do overlap, especially in our case. Um, but I, I think that it, it would be the technical side. Yeah. Um, because as long as we are happy with what's being heard, um, you know, the room size, you know, but I think it does play into it. But I think, you know, as long as there's, there's good sound and you, you, there's a nice balance between us and the backing tracks, and, you know, I think that's really what we, we try and aim for. Um, but yeah. And like, have you guys, have you guys approached um, like, like festivals or done any festivals yet as a band? <laughs> no, um, not yet. No. Um, yes. No, Ali, you can take over. <laughs> um, I think we tried, we've definitely approached um, in the ways that bands do like comps or, you know, voting and things like that, but we haven't been able to. And we got started literally at the end of 2019 yeah so when the beginning of 2020 hit we had one show and then boom COVID so oh. we really didn't get to do as much as we absolutely wanted to or even planned to do I think 2020 yeah. was 
meant to actually be a big year for us in terms of gigs, but it, yeah, COVID just killed us. So, yeah, not killed us. No, we're not dead. Um, like it just <laughs> ruined a lot of plans. So, um, yeah. this, is our, this is our last interview. We'll be wrapping up. <laughs> <laughs> But the, the, you know, the, the reason I threw that question at, at you guys is because, you know, the sound of your music, I, you know, you, when you listen to it, you could just imagine it at that kind of venue, like not, I'm not saying, you know, the like cute, like throwing out why, why aren't you guys playing Splendor or anything, but you know, all of those, you know, local festivals and stuff like that, just where you have kind of big stages and kind of, you know, speakers to, you know, move and for your sound. Yeah, so I think it's easy. Yeah. yeah. So have you guys like um you know tried to you know like for anything for 2022? Like what's the uh, what's the ambitions? Um Scott, I'm gonna handball to you for this one. <laughs> All right, I just maybe someone else wants to talk, but that's I I can take it. Um look, yeah, I think release more music, like we really didn't want to be in the same position we were last year, which was mm -hmm. release one song and play one show. I think yeah. that's all that's all we did in. Um, and our goal this year was really to just do more than that. That was mm -hmm. our only goal. Um, and you know, whether we're gonna achieve that, I'm not actually sure because we, we have music ready. We have about four songs that are done. And in terms of done, I mean written, um, all the production, we just need to properly record them. Yeah. And, and they'll be ready to go. Um, and unfortunately for us, COVID got us a second time because like the week of the first lockdown we had two weeks scheduled in the studio yeah to to get all of our stuff done um so you know it was a bit of a shame um and so we haven't been able to do anything much with that so i think next year we're really hoping to just you know release as much music as we can and play as many shows as we can um because you know even last year we had we almost had a gig every month for the first six months of last year um yeah. like and we just lost all of that um, so, you know, we're just hoping that once things open back up, we'll be able to continue on what we had planned to do and yeah, just give it, give it our best shot. Yeah, man. Like that, that sounds like a, you know, you know, a, a you know, a great plan, but also I think like one thing for you guys that might have, may have been fortunate for you, um, from this lockdown is like, you guys have seemed to have, you know, built a, you know, a bit of a digital following, which is cool. Like, um, you know, the, you know on spotify you you've got um you know an, a huge amount of monthly listeners you know compared to a lot of you know other bands in the in the sydney circuit which must be a massive um mm -hmm. massive feat and um also i have to say how long did it take to make the video that you guys put out the other day <laughs> that, that was really cool yeah i really oh, like that Jeez, um it, you want our honest opinion um yeah. you know it took us, took us about one week um yeah. no it didn't um it, <laughs> I mean, we started this at the start of lockdown so to be honest it's taken about almost three months yeah um because we wanted to get it right um yeah. and yeah there, there were lots of bumps and you know lockdown and trying to figure out how we can send files to each other um yeah. so it, it was a lot of work but we, we just thought we would focus on something a bit positive um and just celebrate the scene that we're in because there are so many like good bands around and so much good music that was released this year um, and a lot of bands were feeling this kind of, you know, down and stuff about COVID. So we thought, you know what, let's focus on something a bit positive and let's uh, just celebrate the first six months of releases. Um, and we had an absolute ball making it. Um, yeah. And, you know, 
learning all their songs to recreate them. Yeah. Um, so, it was so much fun. But yeah, it, honestly, it took about three months. Wow. I, I like, I had a look at it and I had, I had to watch it a couple of times because I was like, well, the, you know, the, I could see that it wasn't, you know, like a straightforward video and there was little bits and I was like, oh man, this would have taken so long to make, but it was really good. And I like that, you know, that's what I mean. I think you guys are definitely killing it um, and have used this time like productive because, you know, your, so, your, your socials are cool and so is like your, you know, your Spotify. So I think you've, you've definitely kind of done well in creating and, you know, an audience which is which is cool and when i asked you that festival con like uh, question you guys like i i felt like there was a little bit of shock but i think that's well you know achievable for you guys like i don't think this is you know something that's out of the ballpark especially for for you in the future like that'd be very exciting to see now yeah. oh, sorry yeah. I, I was just gonna say um yeah like like thank you for all that feedback especially on that mashup um I remember like in the very beginning of it, you know, creating it just to see it evolve over those weeks from just plain guitar riffs into, you know, when the drums got added, you know, I, I remember in the very beginning thinking like, oh, I'm not sure if this is going to work. And then as the more layers came in, I was like, wow, this is blowing me away. And then, yeah, the last step when Ali put the vocals on top, I, yeah, the, the whole track was unrecognizable from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And Ali, how many times did it take you to get the vocals right? Or were you just one, one take and it was done? <laughs> never, it never takes one take with me. Um, the boys now know, and it's, yeah, it's pretty embarrassing. Whether it's vocals or even recording that video that you said, look, yeah, it just, vocal recording, I had the boys on um, Discord with me. Actually, that was a setup in itself because I had to be in my own room. I had to set up laptops and stuff. I had no internet. I think we were hotspotting from from oh. my phone and then the boys had to link up so that they were like able to remotely view what I was seeing on the laptops and it was yeah. a lot of effort and then my room is not set up like we've kind of it's kind of a new place so we've, it's not set up for vocal recording yeah. um so like there was kind of natural reverb going on and I at one point had to put like a sheet over myself and the mic to see if that would do and it didn't but <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do so it did I think it took us half a day I reckon maybe six hours five hours we take breaks like yeah. we're healthy like that but um it does not take one take at, at all and like i'm one of those people who, who like if i hear something is wrong with it i end up swearing at myself at the very end and they're like if you just left it alone you could have just tweaked it and like <laughs> i end up mucking it up so yeah it's like take after take and then the same with the video shooting i had to do that all by myself scott was like oh he'll should be fine and i messaged him and i was like I, i'm taking three hours this is yeah it's a lot <laughs> yeah, but at I least remember the outcome was good yeah, I remember oh, messaging Ali being like, oh, you know, she's like, I'm going to go do the video now. And I was like, oh, sweet. And then I went and did my own thing. And I, like that probably was about, I don't know, like one o'clock or something. And yeah. I was about maybe six o'clock. I thought, oh, I haven't heard from Ali. So I just sent her a text like, hey, everything are good. And she's like, oh, just finished. I'm like, what? like what, four or five hours of shooting for like a three minute video. She's like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, like I, I guess that's why that why it looks so polished at the end. You know, it looked oh, like it, it didn't look like a five minute job. That was for sure. It looked like oh wow, this is there's some level of production, you know, behind this. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. No, thank I, you. like it was just cool. Like I was like oh this just kind of came out of nowhere, and then I was like oh watching this, and and then I had to rewatch it because I was like oh, how did they how did how did they do this. <laughs> yeah and try to reverse engineer it in my brain to make like some kind yeah. of things out of it we asked but, those uh, same questions <laughs> <laughs> 
but I feel like I've been talking for too long and I just want to throw the mic over to Paul because um yeah I've been trying to jump in a few times but you, you've been doing well anyway um just on you just on your new song guys don't want me um was there individual ideas that were thrown together or was it like just different ideas just thrown together and just turned into the song like from individual aspect yeah um so pretty often there was i think it was josh our bassist said you know i want a song that has a, a cool riff because up until then all of our songs uh with the chorus were kind of just you know chord progressions per se without any like riffs to them um so just like hey i reckon this be a really cool idea um and then so corey at the time our old guitarist uh had this riff lying around um and then we're kind of like well that that's cool and then that that was like the start of don't want me because we, we had the riff um and then we pretty much built the song around that riff um and then just you know layer by layer add, added onto it And how do you know when to stop when you start adding layer by layer and layer and layer? Like, you know, I imagine it's a bit <laughs> like painting. It's like, when, when do you, how do you know when to stop? It's like, stop. Um, sorry, like when I sit, cause I don't, I don't, I'm not as musically inclined as the guys are, um, they know. So they're a lot like do all this stuff and they're like, Ali, what does it sound like? And I was like, yes, it sounds amazing. And then they'll add things and go, nope, take it out. And so when they, I watch their process, it looks a lot like they, add subtract add subtract or move things around so yeah. it's it's never looking like a full layer of paint and then take off a whole layer it's always like tweaking from what i can see <laughs> yeah well uh, well that's good like I, I you know my 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 head's wondering like how do you do this without overdoing it which you know i'm glad that you're there ali like you know kind of you know um, <laughs> stop <laughs> I, I wouldn't actually know sometimes I, I say things and like i'm like can you hear that and they're like yeah no but because they've been sitting in front of it and like i i unfortunately have to work a lot during the week and sometimes yeah. i don't get the days up that they do so sometimes i'll rock up to scott's garage and they're they've been there for hours or like or pro probably even 24 hours and they're like we've only heard this same thing over and over again listen to it what do you hear <laughs> i'm like what's this or what's that and i don't think i'm as good as they probably make me sound like i am in terms of critiquing but they're like no didn't hear that all right go again and like it's, so it's good fun when I'm like, oh yeah, I can be helpful-ish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and guys, like, do you find it when you're sitting there with a with a project or with an idea after and after and after a while, like you you get a bit of like, um, you know, cabin fever with it and, you know, it all starts to like to, you know, to blend into one and becomes frustrating or is it, or you guys kind of have the perseverance to do it? Um, bit of both actually. Yeah, I guess it, it really depends. Like if there's something that we're stuck on, which has happened before, um, you know, yeah, like we can be stuck on it for six hours straight. And then, you know, at, at that point, it's like, well, yeah, we've got to do something different. So something different of continuing is by stopping. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, weeks will go by and we'll listen to that same, um, you know, piece of music again. And then all of a sudden these ideas come floating through. Um, you know, the, the latest track that we've been working on, um, we spent quite a bit of time on it and we created this amazing intro, you know, but it was only an eight second intro, which took us all weekend. And then, um, yeah, like a couple of weeks went by and we came back to it and we've transformed it into an entire song. 
Um, so yeah, to answer your question, both, both have happened to us. And um, like, do you guys do that often? Like we'll start a project and we'll kind of get a bit like, um, you know, like fed up with it for the moment. And then you kind of have a bunch of little ideas to kind of go back to and build upon. I would probably, uh, yeah. oh, sorry, Scott. I was, I was just going to say, I'd say that that's probably a rare occurrence. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah, we usually like, we, we push through a lot uh, is, is kind of our technique. Um, yep. It's kind of like, you know what, we've got this, we sit here, we do it. Wow. Um, and as I said, until the point where we kind of take a break, um, otherwise we will sit there and we will just keep pushing through um, until to we're, we're happy with it. Yeah, well, like I, I, I love the perseverance that you guys must have, like, you know, hearing the same thing so, so many times. But do you also like, does that, is there ever like moments where like you will start justifying something because it's been in the mix for so long that it becomes like a um, bit bit tedious like you fall in love with an idea just because it's been there for so long i'll Maybe. take it then oh. <laughs> um, i i think that yeah that our producer and and i we always talk about that that you know you can actually listen to something too much to the point where you're almost forcing yourself to like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so like, you know, I remember we did this, it was just me and the producer and we we sat there all night and we did this crazy thing. We didn't even plan to write the song. Um, and we just, we wanted to experiment with something. And then we, the whole night we wrote this song and we got to the end, we thought, is this even good? Like, are we just writing this because we've heard it so many times that we'd like it? Um, and, you know, so of course we had to bring in our expert Ali to have a listen to it. Um, <laughs> But it was like, yeah, it, it's definitely it's definitely a thing where you can just listen to it and you just believe that it's good. And that's why what we really get excited about is if we're writing and we write all Saturday, yeah. once we finish, say we finish at seven o'clock, we will not listen to that song until the next day. Yeah. So that because when you first in, in our band at least, we believe heavily on your first listen back to it is the most important. So yeah. after having yeah. a break all night. And the next morning you come back like 11 o'clock and you, and you play it through that's when you're able to tell if you think it works or it doesn't work yeah yeah i like that advice actually yeah that's really good because it feels fun. like it's your first time hearing a song as yes. a first time listener i think that's a great idea yeah and you know a little bit further to that as well um hasn't been a problem for us but for myself being a, a bit of a perfectionist in my previous lives um I've also learned to put time limits on things. So, you know, constantly tweaking something because it's not a hundred percent. You can't keep doing that forever because otherwise then nothing will ever get finished. So, you know, at some point, you know, this is art and art is never perfect. So once it's 99% the way there, chasing that 1% for the rest of eternity can sometimes be a fruitless uh, endeavor. Yeah, that's 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 for sure. That's why that's why I like I referenced it back to to the painting before because you know I think we've all been in situations well you know when you try to make something and you you go over the top of it and I think like your process of you know putting limit limitations in and also distancing yourself with it is is uh is quite smart and i hope like you know when people are listening back to that like other bands and stuff on the on the channel like that's that's something that they take away from this because otherwise like i feel like it sends you mad and around the block 
But um, what are you guys using? Like, are you using e-recording on Pro Tools, Logic, or Ableton? Like, what's the what's to the poison <laughs> for your band? Um, so I personally use Cubase. Oh. Um, it's a bit handy because our producer also uses Cubase. Yeah. Um, Scott uses a combination of I think it's Reaper and a uh, the Mac one, whatever that's called. Yeah, Logic. Yeah. Um, and then when we go into the studio to actually record, it is also Logic, I believe. And what's like the reason for like the the other software, like uh, for Cubase? What is what? Why is that your your pick? Um, because I've had Cubase for years. Um, I, I I have a Windows PC at home, so Logic is a bit. Yeah. I don't even know if it's available on Windows. Um, Pro Tools I've stayed away from because it's a subscription service now, and I just don't like subscriptions. Yeah. Um, Cubase is still a pay once, now you own it forever type license. Yeah, I um I think that's the you know that's the as you said you know I wish more products would be like you just pay once and you have it forever. Um, mm. But um, Ali, like, what do you, what do you use to record vocals? You mean, like, always? Always, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, the boys tell me where to go. I go and I sing. So, ah. <laughs> um, wherever there's a mic set up and they tell me to sing into, that's where I'll be doing it. I think the process has also changed. When we did the EP, we were recording all my vocals at. Um, the conservatory of music in Sydney, yeah. um, just using the Ed Studio. But I don't know what program. Again, like Kaz and Scott were there the whole time. We're just like seeing Ali, and I just do it. Um, yeah. So I have no idea what the programs are doing. I just know that I like the microphones that I like. And yeah. even then, I still have to like. I'm still consulting with Scott every time I've, there's stuff to do because I'm just not very. The boys know again. I'm not very tech savvy. So things that look good to me look really shiny, but not very good for stuff. So they yeah. have, they're, they're very helpful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. And um, like, I think, is that, is that a good thing in a way guys? Cause then you, you know, like, um, yeah, you know, you've got Ali who's just like, can come in and be like a, like a, like an ear to different things. And also like, if you guys like, um, I don't know, like a debating amongst yourself, amongst different ideas, then you always have somebody that's, you know, um, mutual, you know, um, like a peacekeeper, I suppose. I think we are all peacekeepers um, within the band, to be honest, like we all have our you know, respective ears and, um, you know, our own tastes of, of things that we're doing. So, you know, I, I think it's a, a really good balance where we keep each other in check um, pretty much all the time. Wow. Like you, I, I, you guys must be like really lucky in that respect. Like there's so many, um, like when we don't be doing these interviews, you realize like the, the dynamic with different groups and stuff and the, you know, the, the, like there's, what would you call them? Like middle people to, to, to different personalities, but it seems like you guys are, you know, you know, got it all together. So massive props. But um, Paul, do you have a, do you have a, uh, a question? Yeah, I was going to say, um, with the idea of you guys listening to the songs the next day, um, do you believe that each song is getting better or like pre better than the previous song? Or do you guys have a favorite song 
that you always go back to and you think this was a great, great piece of work. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, I, I, yeah, I think we would like to believe that every song you create is better yeah. because, you know, I think that's just what everyone would hope to achieve. Like you, you want to be getting better, understanding music better, you know, production elements. So the more you learn, the better you become. Um, I, I think we all have our individual favorite songs, but I think collectively we can probably agree that our songs are getting better over time. Like I think Don't Want Me, which is, you know, the latest available song is, is the best of, of all of our stuff. Um, but, you know, I think that we've really upped our game with the new stuff that we're writing and some of the things we're doing with that too. Yeah, and, yeah uh, that's a great thing. That's a good idea. But every song has to be better than the last and that's the only way to push forward in life, I guess. Do you, yeah. do you challenge yourself with the, you know, the next song that you have? Like, are you trying, like, do you, do you make it also like, um, like, do you steer away from making it like a bit of a, like an intellectual challenge with, you know, pushing yourself with the next, the next track, or you're just, um, you know, taking inspiration from, you know, different things and kind of developing, you know, the, the, the next lot of the next track like that. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think, um, we, we do, we actually do try to push ourselves a little bit. Um, I think we do a combination of the two. Yeah. Um, we always try and find something that we haven't done or something we want to push the boundaries of. Um, so we go, you know, we love this in pop music. We really want to get this into this. And we, we do try and, you know, push ourselves in that respect, but we also do think about, you know, what can we create through everything else that we've heard and that we like? So, you know, we, I think we always strive to push ourselves, but sometimes look, it just doesn't work. Um, yeah. No, we, we had this one idea that we really liked and our producer just said to us, look, you know, I, I just don't think this is going to work. It's just, you know, it's, it's too far pushing that it won't, it won't work for our situation. Um, and which is good because, you know, we, we try these things and then we just move on to the next idea. Nice. And like, how are you, when you guys like listen to a song and you're like, I love that piece. I want to, I want to include that as a verse in, you know, our track. How do you then go and, and actually make that happen? Like this, do you kind of go to your producer? Can you make it sound like that? Or do you guys sit down and kind of reverse engineer whatever they're doing and do it organically like that? I don't know. How do you, how do you do it? I'm just interested to, to hear the strategy behind it. Um, yeah, there's there's definitely a reverse engineering um, side of it, um, but it's not simply just us saying to him, "Hey, Kaz, we want this in the chorus." Um, you know, make it happen, and he just goes and does it. He's a little bit of a teacher to us in that regard as well. Yeah. So he takes the time to sit down with us to go through the process of reverse engineering that section to understand, you know, what elements are doing what. Um, you know, and then that's when we then start to experiment and he kind of lets us take the steering wheel, so to speak, to guide us through the reverse engineering, to guide us through the creation of, of our own unique piece that's similar. Um, even if he can see that it's not going to work, he'll still let us go through that, um, that creative process. And then, um, you know, once we do reach a, a, you know, the end of it or, or get far enough in, um, he will typically stop us and he'll say, okay, now this is what you've created and this is the reference track. Can you see where the problem is here and why it doesn't work? 
Um, at which point then he then sort of takes lead and says, okay, this is how it really should be. Um, so yeah, we, we definitely do reverse engineer it. It's, it's almost like going back to school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it, is it like, um, is it, is it hard for you to like, um, sometime, cause I mean, I imagine your producer is that's kind of his full-time thing and he's immersed in it, but when you're sitting there learning and, and, uh, is it, is it, is it hard to get your head around or is it easy for, for, you know, every for you guys to kind of get your head around what he's doing and, um, you know, be a student of, you know, his discipline, I suppose. Um, yeah, well, I mean, being the newest member of the band, the first time that we went and sat down, I think my head exploded after about three <laughs> hours. Yeah. Um, and then, the, yeah, the very next day, I was just so mentally exhausted. I wasn't any good to anybody. Um, <laughs> but now, you know, understanding his process and, you know, talking with him on Facebook and, you know, really kind of doing as much a, I, as I can by myself to sort of understand his procedure, um, it's definitely becoming a lot easier. Um, and I'm starting to draw parallels and, you know, see what he sees, even though, you know, to him, I, I, to him, I think music is a bit like the matrix where you see that guy sitting in front of the code and he just knows exactly what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's our producer whilst we're sitting there looking at it going, wait, what is this? And yeah, got to always hit Google for it. Yeah. Like I, when I, when I asked that, I was, I was, I, you know, I was, I didn't know where that was going to go. Cause I thought if you guys are sitting there understanding everything that, you know, he's doing and that's his discipline, I was going to be like, Oh, wow. You know, <laughs> but I, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of happy that that was the answer. Cause there's something very, really like human to, you know, your, your answer. And um, yeah. I would have been scared if you, if you did understand everything he said, cause then you would be the real Tony Stark of music. <laughs> No, no. Uh, only the Tony Stark of the physical tech side of things. Yes. And has that come in like, like that, that, you know, that that's a massive asset of you being in the band, I suppose. Like that's something you can bring to, you know, um, to bring to the band. And I suppose you've, you've mentioned that you have been doing that over this lockdown stuff, but um, like for you, Scott, like how have you learned a lot about like tech from having, uh, you know, from you know just having somebody that's so savvy in the band yeah and i think it, it worked really well because Corey was this like you know he had that same level of tech um so when we lost Corey, we really needed someone who could fill that role and we were just so lucky that ash had everything you know and it's been a great blessing to learn these things um because we just you know whenever there's an issue we go hey ash Go solve this. Can you fix this? Can you make this better? Um, and it, it it is an amazing asset. And you know, it I have learned a lot because you know, it's just little things. You go, oh, maybe I can do that next time. Yeah. Um, but it really has been such a great asset. And he just he filled the role really well, and everything that we need, he he had that we could continue to move this band forward. Wow, like I I think you you know that's that's something that um you know, is, 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 you know, an asset to your band and also just, you know, I, I, I feel like, you know, when we do this as well and speak to other bands, there's a lot of, um, you know, not everyone, but a, a lot of different people that are, you know, aren't quite as tech savvy. And I think that's, 
something that you guys have got down and you know you can hear it in your you know your music your your productions on a you know another level so yeah now i'm, I'm going to throw the mic to paul because i'm i'm i've, I've gone down my little you know avenue of questions yeah i was just before to talk about you know how ash is in it does the it and i'm just going to question if because of uh music is like a big impact in your lives if you weren't musicians what would you guys be doing instead um i mean for me it'd be still some sort of um, it thing um yeah anything with technology and like big scale technology um that's where i'd be for sure um yeah i'll go next then um so <laughs> I, I actually am a high school music teacher um and so you know i i love doing that and i think you know that that is what i would be doing um and continue doing because it's nice to see you know the kids and help you know, feed music passion to to other people so i'm actually a full-time i work for an orthodontist yeah. <laughs> so i'm i'm just his treatment coordinator i've been there since out of high school so it's actually what i keep doing just so that i can fund my music yeah. um so that eventually i can do it and that can be the only thing i do unfortunately that is not the case i have to i guess to like all of us do we have um individual responsibilities and um i yeah i need to be able to put a roof over i moved out when i was 18 too so i kind of i needed a full-time job i need to be able to do everything i needed to do so i've just been on the grind ever since and then when scott i think it was 2016 said let's make a band i was like okay down but it was I think it was like practice every week, look, write some songs. And then I didn't realize how far we'd even go as a band back yeah. then with just with Scott and Corey. And for it to take on how it did was just shocking to me. It's, I still I still pinch myself. It's pretty amazing. Like we've, And to make such great friends, like I really miss this guy, these guys, especially during COVID. It's really hit me. Like it's so upsetting to not be able to see them weekly. And yeah. it's just what you're going to do. But um, yeah, I, I don't do music full time and I'd love to. Wow. Yeah, the only reason I asked that is because for the fans, it's always good to see the other side of people, especially mm -hmm. members of the band. Um, it must also suck rescheduling a lot of gigs as well, because I saw you guys had to reschedule one recently. Do you guys have any plans for gigs after lockdown? Um, as many as possible. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that, that gig that we had to reschedule recently I think that's the second time it's been rescheduled, maybe the third, I'm not sure, um, because these lockdowns just keep rolling on and, you know, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, but where that tunnel finishes, we're not sure. Um, we're currently trying to, to schedule it again, but there's no date hard set yet. Well, you know what they say, third time's a charm, so you know yeah. fingers crossed and uh you know while we're talking about like venues and stuff where do you want to play like where where's the where's the venue for each of you guys that you you're like okay that's on the bucket list for you know for for let's just say for for sydney you know where would you like to play oh uh scott you'll have to take over because i don't yeah. have a in sydney great um i i think you know crowbar would be cool we haven't got to play that yet yeah yes Yes. Um, I think that's probably all now bucket list because yeah. you know we kind of love that venue and think that that venue would do what we need to do both like we talked earlier about the technical side. Mm. Um, so we'd love to see how we sound. Not that that's egotistical 
but you know, with everything in that venue. Yeah. So I, I think that'd be really cool. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Crowbar Sydney would be a, would be awesome actually. But my <laughs> pick was actually going to be uh, Fortitude Music Hall in Brisbane. <laughs> why? Why is that? Are you originally uh, like from a Queenslander, or just uh, um, just been there before and love it? No, I. I mean, before joining Fifty First Avenue, I lived in Brisbane for a few years. Yeah. Um, and it opened just before or for like six months before I left. Um, So, you know, to, to be able to, to play that and the venue looks so great. Um, You know, I, I just, I just love to play there, you know, Um, it looks great. (laughs) Cool, man. And, um, and Ali, what's your venue of choice in Sydney? a good question i would have gone crowbar as well i didn't even think about anything until scott said it but um i think yeah it that would be incredible we went to see the the uh, save crowbar um yeah. fundraiser that was incredible that was the first time we had been there and we had heard about it everyone was talking about it and once we were actually there in front of that stage and that whole night was an incredible night for us we were like yeah we need to be here like that's that's pretty awesome cool i think like I think you guys could definitely like do it. You suit the sound. I'm surprised, like I'm surprised hearing this that you haven't, you know, but um, yeah. Um, and then uh, is there any, is there any, like we throw this question out to everybody, but is there any like venue that you, if you could play, you know, if somebody, if a genie popped out of a bottle and was like, Hey, you know, um, you can play any venue you want. Which one do you want to have? Which one would you have like all over the world? So Madison Square Garden, um, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that was big, wasn't it? Sorry, I just like I was thinking, hey, New York guys, like. <laughs> <laughs> well, like uh, a couple of the bands that we've asked this question were like Wembley. That's a, that's us. We're going there. Of course. I can um, see the clogs in Ash's head right now. <laughs> I, I'm just trying to think of something that no one's done before. Like mm, that's true. Yeah. You know, um, the, the you know the, the reality is I'm trying to think of how can I top Metallica's gig that was in Antarctica. You know what what could be yeah. more wild than that? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I can't think of one to be honest. <laughs> Oh man, like you could you could take the Pink Floyd route and start playing like you know Pompeii or you know places like that. Um, I don't know. I, I don't have anyone. Station. Yeah, that's it. I mean, just talk to you know, give Elon a ring and ask if he can send you up in a rocket. That's the one. <laughs> this is this is really off topic, guys. But have you seen there's a a video that came out a while ago of one of the astronauts who was up at the space station like recorded Space Odyssey. Um, I, I did see that he, he was recording himself play guitar as well. Yeah, and it just looks yeah. so bizarre. I <laughs> can't hold it properly. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. 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 I, I did see that, and and I actually uh, it, it reminded me of um, when Mastodon released one of their latest albums, and their lead guitarist was talking about all of his solos that he was recording inside the moon, and just yeah, a whole bunch of comical stuff that didn't make any sense. 
Yeah, look, I, I think with like all, you know, people like Jeff Bezos and, you know, Elon making a thing, I'm, you know, I reckon in our lifetime, we'll see, you know, some, some famous band go up to space and definitely do that. I, I think it's just a matter of time at the moment. <laughs> but um, yeah, guys, I think like, uh, what advice would you have for like, you know, if you could give advice to yourself starting a band and what would you go back and tell yourself at the start? Um, personally, I would just tell myself to, I mean, I, I tell myself it already, um, yeah. but I'd just reinforce it, you know, do it for you. Don't, don't do it for anyone else. Don't, don't do it for fame or money or anything like that. Do it because you want to do it. I think yeah. that's really good, humble mm -hmm. advice. I, um, I, I don't like people. So if you're going to be in a band and you don't like people, make sure those people in the band are people you absolutely love. I adore these guys. They are, they take care of me all the time. And I think if, yeah, if I didn't have people in the band that I didn't get along with or had fun with and, and just were genuinely awesome people, I would struggle. So like if the band thing, like, yeah, if you want to kind of pursue being in a band, that's for sure one of them and have fun. Like it's so much fun. Every time we exert ourselves for weekends or days on end, uh, I still have the most fun doing it, so it's not a problem. I get I get tired and I fall asleep sometimes, but it's yeah, I still have a lot of fun with them. So yeah, do it do it for the fun and do it for you. I agree with Ash. Yeah, do it for you. Nice and and Scott. Yeah, I, look, I think I agree with with that statement completely, and I think that's why you know we all get along is because we we do have so much fun doing this, and if it wasn't fun, you you would kind of burn out a lot quicker. Um, because, you know, these things are tiring, they are exhausting, um, they take a lot out of you, but, you know, as Ali said, you, you're doing it with people that you actually have so much fun with, you know, when, when we go to write music, we actually look forward to it because, you know, it's a whole weekend of us just being together in a room, you know, and we just, ha we have a great time, um, you know, it is incredibly exhausting and you just, you know, you go, oh, I don't want to listen to any more music or do anything or it's so hard to get this song done, but we, we enjoy the whole process and every step of the way. So it would be the advice to, you know, do it because you actually do enjoy what you're doing and, and the people for the social side of it all. I think you've, I think you've all given, you know, great advice and um, reinforced each of your advice. And I also think like that, that's a great, you know, place to like, you know, wrap this video up. Uh, but um, before we did do, Paul, have you got any like last questions before we, you know, wrap not, this one up? Uh, not really, but I just like the advice you guys give because if you're sharing the world with your sound and your and your style, I reckon that that was good advice. That's probably the first time I heard that type of advice as well. Because other advice was like, oh, you know, work hard, this Practice. and that. But you guys have that love and that support within each other, which is good. It's like a family you guys are in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, one one last question, uh, guys. Uh, what what should people go check out of yours? Or what should they, you know, um, what what would you guys like to, you know, like uh, plug or or promote it? Oh, Scott, handball. <laughs> no, a handball, Ali. you can take this last one. <laughs> oh, everything, everything, and anything that we've got out there, go and check it out. Look, check out us, like watch our space anyway, because new stuff will be coming around. We just, like Ash said, we still don't know where the end of the tunnel is, but um. Don't want me a still my like 
I always refer to it as my baby or our baby, but like, because again, we were just so proud of it. And the kind of traction, like you guys have said, it's been getting lately is just astounding. So if people haven't already checked that out, they can. Um, but all of our old stuff, our EP, our single from before that, they like, yeah, like you said, it's a credit to the guys, a credit to us for, you know, putting out stuff that we just worked so incredibly hard to do and loved doing it. So um, yeah, a bit of everything. The music video, so much fun to make. So check out the music video for Don't Want Me as well, if you haven't already. Yeah. Yeah. And and if, if anyone hasn't, you know, check out our Facebook page, like mm -hmm. us on Instagram. We are um, at 51st Avenue AUS. Um, we've got some merch coming out shortly. Um, it'll be brand new for us with our brand new logo. Yeah. And uh, yeah, watch this space. It'll all be happening in the next couple of months. Well, thank you very much, guys, for coming on. And everybody, 51st Avenue, go check out all of their stuff. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.